Welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM 2019 is brought to you by our Indiegogo producers, Richard Kreutz-Landry, Robert Anderson, The Drinking and Screaming Podcast, The Ostium Network, Damian Sidlow, Max Kasparek, Aaron Keon, Kyle Decker, Rocky Lee, Ryan Bolter, and Neon Green Tiger. A very special thank you to all of our Indiegogo supporters and to the IPM organizational team. And now, on to the episode. Hello, Christopher. Hello. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. How are you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Awesome. So, Christopher, you are the co-creator of a show called Arden, of which I'm a huge fan, and I'm so <laughs> <Thank> happy. <you. laughs> and I'm so happy to have you here for this very special IPM Creator Conversation mini-sode. Thank you. Thank you so much. Real happy to be here. <laughs> So I would love for you to tell me a little bit about yourself, about Arden, and how and why you started the show. Okay. So uh, I am a sort of writer currently residing in Los Angeles. I've been working out here for uh, some production companies in like script development. I've worked in uh, literary management after sort of first starting to write when I was at the just the tender age of about six years old in kindergarten. <laughs> um, and coming out here to be a writer and was sort of slowly but surely working towards that when on the summer of 2016, um so the the company that I had been working for had lost its funding and so I was I was out of work at the time and like things were not particularly great when uh my co-creator Emily Vanderwerf uh reached out to me with a very simple pitch which was what if we did uh, Serial meets Moonlighting? What if we did a fictionalized true crime show with two arguing narrators who disagree on every single thing about the case and are totally in love with each other? <laughs> and I was like, that is that is such a brilliant idea. I am going to sit down right now and try to come up with a um a series a sort of like in-depth pitch for this to sort of pitch to see if we can't sort of take this from a premise to a series and now I wasn't too familiar with moonlighting so I, I'd seen some episodes, but I wanted to read up a little more about it. And I discovered that it was very loosely inspired by Taming of the Shrew. Okay. And that is where the Shakespeare in Arden comes from. Yes. It's is. <laughs> like, okay, that's great. There's no way we're doing Taming of the Shrew now. At <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I put together a pitch that was, okay, what if it's the detectives are based on Beatrice and Benedict from uh, Much Ado About Nothing, and the first season they're investigating is Romeo and Juliet. 
<laughs> so I sent that to Emily. Uh, she definitely re- revised that initial pitch heavily. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we had the sort of initial framework, and we then sort of reached it. We were at the time we were represented by a management company we're no longer with, and. Emily and I had been writing together since 2009 on some some pilots and things that never quite made it. And so we brought this and a few other podcast ideas to them and like they weren't too enthusiastic, but we were both like very into this idea and so we were like, "You know what? We're just going to make this." You guys can be involved if you want, but we're going to make this. And they're like, okay, good luck. And being sort of like this um, forward about it because we're no longer with them. Right. Yeah. And we sort of wrote an initial pilot. We wrote a series Bible and that felt that initial iteration sort of fell apart in the, uh, in the fall of 2016, like for for a few reasons, but the idea stuck with me. The basic setup to me seemed to be so strong. It's like, well, if we don't do this, someone is going to do this. <laughs> we had this idea. We should do it. Right. Um, and then, so in the spring. Uh, Emily and I were had been sort of talking about this on and off, and that's sort of at that point, it was like, from Emily's schedule, it wasn't clear how much she was going to be involved with it. We also wanted to bring in someone who was more directly a comedy writer than the two of us, because both Emily and I have written comedy. It's like, okay, we want, like, our initial scripts were coming up much sort of more heavily on the sort of more serious and the mystery side, even though there were still jokes, like from the very first draft of the pilot, Emily had written the Sockety Doodah ad. That was there (laughs) from the very beginning. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think a word of it changed. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's when I suggested we bring Sarah in. And because I had been Sarah with, I've been friends with Sarah for a few years. Uh, I had known her work from the comedy sketches she does. And it's like, she's the funniest writer I know. Like, why don't we just talk to Sarah? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So you're here to talk about script writing and writing in general. So let's start at the beginning. Yes. For those who don't know, what does it mean to be a scriptwriter? Why is it important to have scriptwriters? And what do podcast creators and listeners need to know about scriptwriting? So, Webster's defines a script as... (laughs) (laughs) So, so basically, um, we're the ones who put all the words in the... It's... It's the thing that puts all the words in the actor's mouth, says where the sound effects are going to come. Like, it's 
it's essential uh, a script writer is basically an architect and the script is the blueprint of the sort of of the project that is eventually going to fully take shape it's the plan it's it's the foundation of a, of a story and it's even and even if it's like a nonfiction thing, a documentary, a sort of like a report, a news report, you're still going to need that foundation. You're still going to need that rubric unless you're doing pure improv, unless you're making everything up on the spot. Right. You need to have like some sort of like, okay, this is our setting. This is who you're playing. Um like the most traditional script, you're going to see, of course, dialogue. You're going to see uh, the location slug line, the scene heading, which is telling you where it is. You're going to see action lines. You're going to see directions for sound effects. But often, when it's just in that script form, you're not going to try to give too much direction because you're going to want to leave that creative space for your collaborators to play in. So it's you're not going to say like in an art script it doesn't say like Bia reads this line like this. It's like Bia Bia is extremely aggrieved on this sentence. Brenda is very saucy on this sentence. It's like it's not that. It's right. not that specific. It's sort of it's all it it is a blueprint. It's establishing um, the guidelines that the story is going to take place in. So something that I think um, some people might not realize, and that uh, for a long time I actually didn't even realize, because the only script writing that I knew of until I got really into film and TV and you know podcasting and all that stuff. When I was in, you know, junior high forever ago, I always thought script writing was just for plays. To me, script writing was Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. So something I found really fascinating, the more I learned about all these other insights into media is one of the things you brought up about directing sound. Mm -hmm. I think some people might assume that the sound designers are the ones who are coming up with what the sounds should be and what the environment should be. Yeah, because you really do have to establish everything in the script that's important to the story. I mean, and we'll even sometimes, we'll sometimes include like that, okay, we, we're going to need silence here and it's going to be need to be a long silence here. Because, yeah, scripts aren't just dialogue. And like I think that's from from your play background, that's like that's what a lot of play scripts are, is they're sort of basically the you'll have dialogue, you'll have the scene. <clears throat> especially especially Shakespeare. Right. And then you'll have direction like exit stage left. <laughs> yes. And yeah. and so for a long time that's what I thought scripts were. Mm-hmm. No, they have to be they have to be more than that. Um, in a media, they have to 
sort of like set up all of the guidelines of the medium that you're working in. So like for a, a play script, sometimes that's sort of all you need is exit stage left, exit stage right, curtain up, curtain down, dialogue. Like you can you can do that on stage. Right. But since we're working in a sound medium, we have to use all the colors of this canvas. We have to write to sound. Like if you're writing a film script, you have to write to visual. So what advice do you have for folks who are interested in writing specifically for podcasts? Well, the first thing I would say is to become familiar with the medium because you need to know all of the tools of the medium. Again, like you're going to be writing for sound. So you're going to have to sort of unlearn some of the things that if you say are a screenwriter that you would think like you can't have visual exposition. You're going to have to explain things that you could show in film. You're going to put more emphasis on sound than you would necessarily in your script. You, you have to sort of learn those restrictions that you need to work in and learn how to let those restrictions fuel you. What do you think is the biggest challenge of script writing for the audio medium in comparison to other kinds of script writing? Well, I think the thing that I get back to, which I just mentioned, is exposition writing, which was a thing we really struggled with in our first four episodes, is because you can't really sort of, you can't show Julie Cap of just a picture of Julie Capsum. You can't just show a picture of the clearing and you can't like do those sort of quick visual cuts that we've sort of learned to extract information from. Now, you have to spend time talking about these things. And like it was very fortunate that, you know, Emily had come up with this great device of the two reporters who disagreed on everything because the strongest way to do exposition is to do exposition through conflict. And we had baked that into the very DNA of the show. Like we had that so that when we had to do exposition, we could have characters argue about it, debate it, sort of like go back and forth on what exactly the correct facts are because otherwise, it, and I think we did fall into this at times, it could just be like a 10 minutes of explanation. In fact, that's what the first Arden pilot that we, not even the first one that we scripted, the first one that we recorded was, it was basically 10 solid minutes of just talking about a case without conflict. And it was deadening. It was awful. Like, we would not have lasted <laughs> at all if that had been the pilot we had released. With script writing for podcasts, do you write the entire season at once? Or do you write as a few episodes and see where the 
actors and sound designers and producers take the story and develop it before writing the next episodes. Yeah. So we've actually done a couple different ways. So for season one, we wrote everything except episode six and episode 11 ahead of time and recorded all of those. Um, episode six, because that was the one where we were going to get fan theories uh, and we wanted to have fans <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to do that. So that one, um, we didn't even write like a fair bit of it until the show was out. And like that episode came together, honestly, I think within a month, which was somewhat stressful. <laughs> and <laughs> then um, episode 11, we sort of hung back on recording because we were hoping to get uh, like someone notable to come in and play a particular spoiler character whose name right. I will not mention. Right. And <laughs> we, we did end up getting someone really great. Um, to play that role. I mean, he's, yeah, Jay Lee is incredible, incredible performance. But we sort of hung back on that one, even though it was kind of the crux of the season. <laughs> right. Um, like, we knew what was going to happen in it. And, like, Emily had walked us through it because that one she wrote with her wife, Libby. And so they had a very clear picture of what that episode was going to be. So we were able to design the show around that, even though a major element of it, the whole, the revelation at the end of episode seven from this from that first season was something that was introduced in the middle of recording. And that, so that came late and that ended up changing the whole half of the whole second half of the season. Um, because Emily had the pitch of where that particular twist would lead. We had a lot of discussions about whether we could sustain that twist and deal with something that weighty. So season one was kind of being written as it was recorded. Season two, we're writing all of it in advance. <laughs> because, because that process was very stressful. I imagine year. so. Yeah. Yeah. But also, the other thing about writing season two in advance is now we know what our cast is capable of. Right. And like we did make some adjustments in season one. Like Lindsay Zana was just so good the first day that we brought her in to record that it was like, okay, we, we need to give her a role that she can really like do her thing in that she can deliver. Uh, Shannon Estabrook as Rosalind, we kept writing to more and more because she was so good like Ben Watts as Andy, we were writing, we've been writing more and more to because he is so good. And so like for season two, like we know we have our core cast and we know what they can do. So it, that has been easier. Do you think that that's something that is to be expected with a season one is rewriting as the cast and crew kind of get to know each other. And as the characters kind of come to life off the pages. Yes. 
I would say if you're a good writer, you're a great listener. And you know, you've you figured out how to listen to your cast and to take notice of what they can do. Or even sometimes, even if they're like, they have a suggestion about what they can do. <laughs> or like a thing, it's like, I would like to try to do this thing. It's like, okay, let's see if we can't make that work. <laughs> and Right. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I I would absolutely say that you're if you are a if you are a good writer you will learn from your cast and crew so are you recording season two already uh no we are we're wrapping up the writing process we're doing our initial table reads with the cast where we're sort of sitting down and reading like our sort of second drafts of all the episodes and mm-hmm. hearing how they go and making adjustments based on that. How many rewrites would you say a script for a single episode or for an entire season would go through in general? <laughs> I, I, I apologize because this answer could just be me laughing hollowly for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to a degree, we are actually constantly rewriting. Like, not necessarily full drafts. I would say a lot of episodes go from, if everything's sort of like coming together quickly, I would say three drafts. We could probably, there are episodes that probably went through four, five, six drafts. Um, But there is still also just like constantly pitching punch-ups like okay maybe we could tweak this line this way this one feels a little too much like any character could say this can we make it more specific like that kind of thing we're always sort of tweaking it even into recording right how would somebody get involved in script writing like what what makes a script writer i mean Basically, if you've written your if you've written a script, you have the right to call yourself a scriptwriter. <laughs> like it, it genuinely is that simple. I mean, a professional scriptwriter, I would just say, if you've made a thing that has a script that you've written, if or if a thing has been made where you have written a script, you have the right to call yourself a professional scriptwriter. In terms of sort of a broader answer to that. (laughs) Um, The thing that, you know, I would say is you gotta, you gotta figure out a way to live in one. If you want to write for film or television, there's really no way to get around the fact that you gotta live in New York, Los Angeles, or maybe Chicago in the U S or you live in maybe Vancouver in in Canada, you live in London in England, you gotta live where the things are being made. And that's, I know, not always possible for a lot of people, which is why I think if you're not able to do that, it's why you should get into fiction podcasting. Because that is a thing where the the barrier to entry is a lot lower and you 
have the capacity to make your own thing and get it out there and like people are going to find you if you if you do once you're if you're wanting to be a screenwriter once you're in one of those cities like the answer is complicated <laughs> except yeah. that unless you are extremely well connected it is probably going to take somewhere between 7 to 10 years even just to get a foothold right. it takes time because you have to build up your experience in the industry you do have to meet people you have to learn your craft it takes time and patience and persistence and a great support network around you. Christopher, how long have you been scriptwriting for? Well, I made my first short film in, uh, gosh, oh my God, 2000. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, it has been a long time. Um, <laughs> so technically, since then, I've been out in Los Angeles since uh, 2009. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite thing about script writing? I mean, there's, there's a fair number of things, but I think the favorite, my favorite moment when script writing is when I am able to just sort of shut the rest of the world out and have this thing that I've been picturing in my mind and just see it come out onto the page like I'm breathing this world into being. It's that natural. Um, and sort of stepping back from it once it's done and sort of reading these characters who've come to life just sort of out of what was nothing. And then hearing incredible actors like our cast give them even more life than I thought <laughs> they had. And hear and sort of like hearing what the sound designers do and hearing what the me what the music adds and the editing adds. And it's like, yeah, this thing may have started with me, but all these other people built on top of it and sort of like took the blueprint that I gave them and made it their own. And that is really wonderful. I love that. So who is another scriptwriter in the podcasting industry who you think other scriptwriters can look to for inspiration or um, oh boy! Examples of greatness, and I won't limit you to one person like I did with Honey Roast. Okay, well, um, I mean, this is. I'm gonna go with uh, the trio of Gabriel Urbina, Sarah Shackett, and Zach Valenti. Not just because they're incredible writers, but because of no bad ideas, which is such an incredible example of what creativity can do. Because it's like, you have these ridiculous sounding things, and every single time 
there have been so many times where I've been listening to that show where I'm like, oh my God, I wish I came up with that script idea on my own. Where it's like, <laughs> that would be such a good movie. That would be such a good thing. And like, it's such a great object lesson that, first off, that inspiration can truly come from anywhere. Second, that if you just sort of sit down and think and play things out, you can... A, a mantra that I'd always heard at this company that I worked with when it came to writing was, we're smart kids, we'll figure this out. And it's like, which basically, it's like, if you've run into a story problem, if you've run into a dead end, you got this far. You're, you're not stupid. You're not a failure. You're smart. You'll, just, you'll figure this out. You'll, you'll work it out. And then... I mean, it's just, it's just so much fun. And it's also such a good reinforcement of what it means to work with a team. When, when you first like, learn about writers, you think of them as these sort of people sitting alone, hunched over their typewriters or computers who just fully exist in isolation. And they're sort of print, once the script is off the printer, it's handed off and they have nothing more to do with it. But... Writing, like every good creative medium, is like, well, every creative medium is collaboration. Nothing comes wholly from inside yourself. You need a team. And like, that's, that's like my, that's the example I look up to of a great team. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with me. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Is there anything else that you want listeners, creators, writers to know about script writing that you haven't shared already? I mean, the the one thing I sort of think about, it's and this is probably not a revelation to a to a lot of people is that um to to at least good writers but like so often you hear like writing advice like start with a character start with a plot start with a theme as if these things are different they're not character is plot is theme they you cannot in a in a great script you cannot separate those three things everything has to feed into one into the other it's all connected Again, nothing exists wholly on its own. That is some awesome advice. Thank you. Christopher, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on and talking about script writing. This has been fantastic. Well, thank you so much again for having me. It was, it was a pleasure. The intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is Morning Dew by Liquid and used under a Creative Commons license. The link is in the show notes. You can support International Podcast Month via coffee or PayPal and by retweeting, sharing, and talking about the event using the IPM 2019 hashtag. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and information on the event. International Podcast Month, celebrating creators, sharing listeners.